0: And welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Strengths with Eddie Villa. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about where the strategic thinkers struggle. And in this episode, <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing this up is because right now, you know, I'm I'm actually out and I'm using my strategic thinking strengths. This is something that, this is something that I do on a daily basis. And I know strategic thinkers because I'm one of them. And it's not about... It's not about being a genius, it's not about being super smart, it just, it's about being a person who is just like hungers for information more than anything in the world. It's not about being smart, all right, and it's not about being the, the, the fastest thinker in the, in the room. In fact, in some ways, strategic thinkers can be a little bit slower than most people in some ways, or at least can appear slower. <laughs> we'll get to that. But in the many, in, in the purpose that I'm bringing this up is because I want those of you who have at least three or four or maybe even five or more strategic strategic thinking strengths in your top 10 of your Gallup Strengths Report. We're going to talk about where you struggle because I want to help <laughs> because I have figured out some pretty cool secrets that have made the difference for me uh, as a strategic thinker. So let's get into this. Um, first off, uh, for those of you who are listening to my show and you provided those five-star ratings and reviews, thank you. It means a lot to me. <laughs> and I, I honestly, am, I'm not sure if I should go back and start reading those out loud into the, you know, into this show and kind of give you some feedback. But I, I just want you to know that they mean something to me and uh, maybe I will. Uh, but for now, uh, I just want to encourage you to keep them coming. It means a lot to me when you do that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this. First off, uh, so you understand my strengths report and how this applies to me. Um, when I, remember, I remember when, when Gallup and these all these strengths things was first introduced to me, I totally rejected it. I have to be real honest. Uh, I have to be fully transparent on this. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm my wife and I were leaders. Or, you know, we're pretty big leaders with a very uh, power uh, popular company right now. in in network marketing and we got invited along with everybody else in the company to take this assessment with Gallup and to to get all these strengths thing and I I think I've talked about this before but I'm just going to reiterate it here again but they were just like okay you know we want you to take this assessment and we want to find your top five strengths and I'm like holy cow are you serious like how many of these personality tests do I need to take you know there's an Enneagram there's <laughs> there's uh, uh oh my wife is super into energy numbers right one, two three, and four and and there's uh, uh oh my gosh there's the uh, color um color personalities and then there's another guy who wrote a book, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head the four color personalities for m l m and actually that book was kind of good. <laughs> I really liked that book but uh and then uh oh my gosh, what else oh uh If you're a squiggle, or a a square, or a triangle, or a circle, you know, or whatever shapes, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's just like, it's this endless barrage of personality assessments. Oh yeah, the Myers-Briggs stuff, right? And I get it, and I, I totally get it. I mean, the truth is that I believe the reason why we get into these things is because we want to know who we are so bad. But never in my life have I ever been introduced to something that actually helped me do things. You know, I'm, I don't even have a lot of executing strengths in my top 10. I have two. Maybe that is a lot. You know, focus and arranger. But I, and I've never really been a big, uh, you know, producer constantly. Like always being obsessed with lists or anything. I'm, I'm not obsessed with lists, although I do make them occasionally. Um, it's just like, you know, I, 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 don't understand what's the whole point of, of knowing who I am if I don't know how to use it. So if you're listening to my show, all I do, it's all I do is help people understand how to take this assessment and use it to actually do something with it. Cause it made me crazy that I was being asked to do this. But, you know, we were big leaders. I wouldn't say the biggest. We're not the biggest leaders. We don't make millions of dollars a month or anything. But we, you know, we're up there and and we're definitely in high profile because we do a lot on social media and and here I am with a podcast. You know, it's like I kind of have to represent the company too because I really do love this company that I work with. But the bottom line is that... um, It has to be a value to me. And so I was like, all right, fine. I'll just, I'll take the assessment. I'll look at it and it'll do what it always does. It'll just tell me what's great about me or who I am. And then I'll walk away going, well, that was worthless. And it did. I'll be honest. I took the assessment. I'm like, well, duh. (laughs) Those are my strengths. Strategic, uh, activator, futuristic, woo, and self-assurance. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Whatever, you know, I was a little—I was happy when I saw Woo in there. I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally me. <laughs> but that was it. Like, what do I do with that? You know, I kind of felt like I already was doing things <laughs> that are me. And uh, so I said, fine, I'll just take this thing and I'll. When we go to our next big event, which is coming up, it was called Leadership. We'll um we'll we'll see what this means. And they spent the entire event talking about this. And I gotta say, man, while we're out there and we're watching these people on stage talking about it and the biggest message I got from from this was we're not gonna ever talk to people about focusing on the weaknesses. My eyes my eyes like my, my eyebrows were raised. I was like, all right, I like that. I like that a lot. And they they drew this picture of a star and I and I totally dug this. So imagine a star, right? It's got five points. (laughs) Okay, you hear where I'm going? And they said that if in order to be a star, right, we're going to emphasize the five points or top five strengths, if you will, right? And then the lowest points of the star that, that, that are closest to the center, we're going to keep those near the center. And to me, now looking back on it, I'm like, that's your bottom five strengths, right? In other words, we're going to focus on what's great about you and not on what's not great about you. And holy cow, did I love that. I love that so much that while I was there, I pulled out my phone and dropped the 30 or 40 bucks or whatever extra. And I opened up my full 34 report and I wanted to know everything. I fell in love. (laughs) I fell in love because I started to see how I could use this to do things. I became obsessed. As you know, you're listening to the show, you understand. I became obsessed and then I started to see that it was helping me. I was able to do things more in my authentic self. And when it comes to strategic thinking, this is my secondary. I have three strategic thinking strengths in my top 10. Five, influencing strengths, and two, executing. So what that means is, I love to do everything in a way that honors my desire to move people forward and think, create, and learn. That's what that means. It's secondary, but it's still there. It's important. Futuristic, okay, is my highest one. Learners, my number six. Um, well, wait, wait, how weird. Why is my brain struggling to remember the third? <laughs> I'm not editing the show. I don't do that. I'm trying to remember. Why can I not remember my third strategic thinking strength? Oh, strategic is my number one. Duh. Okay. I don't know why that struck. I struggled with that. (laughs) That was weird. So my number one strength is strategic. My number three is futuristic. My number six is learner. Okay, so if you just put those three together, strategic, futuristic, learner, picking the best... Like, so basically what that means is I'm really good at seeing multiple different ways to do things, pick the best one, all right, and choose it. It happens in my head. And then being inspired by the future. So being inspired by where that, that direction is going to take me, right? And then learner, I will gather information and improve who I am along the way. That's what this show is about, Oh my gosh, Like that's that's totally me. So what that tells me is that I do best when I wake up in the morning and I consider all the different ways that I want to accomplish my goals today. I pick the best one. I get inspired and fired up by it. And then I go do it and I learn along the way. And you're starting to see how this is an action list. This is an action item list. This is what I do every day. I mean, that's just awesome. Are you getting my like like my relief? That's that exhaling. It's it's my relief. <laughs> it just reminds me. That's what I do. That's how I take this assessment and I do. Again, let me read this. Strategic thinking, picking the best way to do things. Now, let me, me, and I'll I'll tell you where I struggle, especially strategic thinkers. But I pick the best way to do things based on what I know. And so if I don't know all the ways to do things, then I'm only picking the best based on what I know. There could be a hundred thousand better ways to do what I do, but because I'm not aware of them, I'll never pick them. You see how that would be a crux? That would be a a crutch, if you will. That would be a problem. And it is a problem. If I'm not constantly educating myself in many different ways to do things, then I'm only picking the best based on what I know. And so like my son, for example, who I can tell right away, even though he's six, I can tell he's a hardcore strategic thinker. This kid is a thinker because he gets very tense. But... I mean, being a six-year-old who doesn't know a lot about much, or doesn't know much about a lot, I should say, <laughs> um, you know, it's limited. And so what we want to do is understand it. that where strategic thinkers can struggle is this kind of stuff. But anyway, we're going to keep going. So I pick the best option. I get inspired by what that op- where that option is going to take me. And I learn along the way. My whole life has been like that. My whole life has been that way. And it really kind of makes me happy to think about that. Okay, just keep doing that. Stop thinking or stop believing that I have to do things other people, the way other people do them. No more. Bullcrap. We're done with that, right? Take a look at your strengths report and you see how you do things just by putting them together, and this is now. If you're struggling with this, if you can't figure it out, go to my website edpvia.com, find the coaching tab, message me, and let's talk. That's it. That's it. Done. No problem. You know, if I you can't work with me, you can be in my group. If you can't work in my group, <laughs> find something else. You know, I got you. So here's what, here's where strategic thinkers really struggle the most is you've got these other strengths too, which is ideation, and intellection, analytical, input, right? All these really super cool thinking and creating and learning strengths. They're really awesome because I get it. For, so people with strategic thinking, if they have three or more um, strategic thinking strengths. That They have the desire to take in information one way or another. And... Internalize and express that information in some way. Um, I'm not going to break down all the strengths, but I just want you to understand that that that's a desire. It's not just a oh, this is how you do things. It's a what you care about most. If you're a strategic thinker, then this then then gathering information to use in one way or another is extremely important. You believe deep down in your heart that who you are can best be expanded by learning in some way, shape, or form. In, you know, I mean, so if you've got, if you've got three or more, all right, that's, that's definitely who you are. You believe that who you are in your mind, you love the concept of neuroplasticity. <laughs> and what's great is you probably know exactly what that word means. <laughs> You love what neuroplasticity means. Neuroplasticity, for those who don't know, what that is, it means that your it's your it's just your pliability of your brain, the ability your brain has to expand and grow. When you're between the ages of zero and seven, your your brain is literally like like clay, right? And you can oh my gosh, that's why children between the ages of zero and seven can learn anything. Right? They don't they don't have the drama that we have as adults. Once you turn eight or nine. Your brain starts telling stories based on all that information. And then the neuroplasticity, start, your, your brain starts to harden a bit. So <laughs> listen to me, right? This is me nerding out right now. This is me sharing knowledge with you. Why? Because I have three strategic think- strengths in my top 10. And learning and growing and, and studying the mind, the way people think, or even science or whatever, it's, it's, it's important to me just like it's important to strategic thinkers. Let me give you another example. I'm going to tell you about neuron mirroring. Neuron mirroring. Okay, so if you think about that and share something really awesome, neuron mirroring is this, and this is extremely important to people who are trying to sell and are frustrated and trying to figure out why do people keep telling me they're going to think about it? Why do people keep telling me they're going to go talk to their husband, they're going to go talk to their wife when I try to sell? Why is it people keep telling me, let me go check my my schedule because let's think about it like if you're selling and and people say oh okay great let me go check my schedule like why don't they just check it right there what does that mean do you have to drive to another state to go find out what your schedule is (laughs) why don't you just pull out your phone and tell me your schedule and let's see if we can get you on let's see if we can get you to come to a a, uh you know an event or whatever or a one-on-one or you know whatever why do you have to go check? What does that mean? Go check your schedule, right? Oh, and, and For those of you who are in sales, you know what I'm talking about, right? Or how many times people have said to you, um, uh, let, let me, oh, you know what? That sounds good. I'm going to do this when I get paid next week. You've been told that. And then what happens when next week comes? <clears throat> Nothing. They don't buy anything. Or, you know what I mean? It's just... What I want you to understand is one of the main reasons that that happens, and I learned this recently, is this concept of neuron mirroring. And it's like this. So first off, Gallup did this uh, test or did this uh, experiment where they had two uh, musicians play opposite to each other, right? Like a cellist and a violinist, okay? I I can't remember exactly what the instruments are, but that's basically what it is. And what they did was they put these sensors on their brains to measure their neuron patterns, you know, the way their brain activity is. And they noticed that when the two um, musicians were playing music and they were really focusing on making that music beautiful with each other, they noticed that their neurons and their brains were firing in the same rhythmic pattern. It's pretty cool stuff, right? Look at all the science I'm dropping on this episode. (laughs) You're getting an idea. You're getting a, a small dose of my strategic thinking desires. But <laughs> what they notice is that their neurons are firing in the, in, in uh, rhythmic rhythmic patterns. Okay. Now, the truth is that we do this all the time. Whenever you're sitting and you're having a conversation with somebody, and you're really focusing, like you're really trying to pay attention. You know, uh, you know, some you know some of us maybe those relators or not, but that's okay. I'm just I'm joking. I swear I'm joking. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, you're you're paying attention to each other. And you're really super in, have you ever been in a conversation where it's just like, it's almost like music. The conversation is just going so well. And you're with each other and you're like, oh, this is good. I love this conversation. We're connecting, right? Well, what's happening is your neurons are literally firing in sync with each other. And so when it comes to sales, well, if you are, let's say you're in direct sales or in network marketing, for example, or you're in any sales really, but If you're being authentically yourself when you're inviting somebody to hear about what you sell, okay? Like you're going, hey, it's really cool. You got to check it out. It's awesome. I love it. It changed my life. And then you are you when you're presenting it, right? So you're telling them about uh, what you got. You know, you're even asking them questions about what their problems are. And you're telling them what you got. And you're being you through that process. If you, in that moment, decide right before you go into the close... Where it's like, all right, we're, we're, we're wrapping this up. In your head, you're like, okay, we're getting there. Oh my gosh, and your heart starts racing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to sell now. I have to sell. What do I do? What do I do? And in that moment, you bail on who you are and you try to regurgitate what someone else does when they sell. You try to be something you're not. You try to say something that you heard Maybe you're in an office where you work with sales and other people and you've heard some other big shot say this cool sales technique. Oh my Lord, have I seen some bad ones. I've worked with some bad ones. I've been that bad one. Okay, I've been there, done that. I have said the stupidest, weirdest things when I believed. Oh oh my gosh, I'm just thinking about this right now. I have said the stupidest, dumbest things to close a sale. (laughs) And all because I bailed on who I was. I honestly believed that who I was was not enough. (laughs) And so when we do that, our neurons shift. Our brain shifts. It puts out a different vibe. And that person who we've been talking to feels it. And they no longer can go with you in that, in that rhythm, that music you were playing to each other, with each other. They can't roll with you. They get confused. They get weirded out. Your uncomfort with who you are becomes obvious. Your discomfort. Uncomfort? That's a word. Does that make sense? Your discomfort becomes obvious. And so then, then... They say, let me think about it. Okay, so where strategic thinkers struggle with this concept and all concepts really is that you think that you have to be something you're not. Also, that information that you have, all that great information you have in your head, it's valuable, but it's worthless if the people in front of you don't get the tools to use it. Like I'm trying to give you right now. If I don't give you the tools to use this brilliant knowledge, then the brilliant knowledge is worthless. This is the main reason why strategic thinkers struggle. You've got all this great information or these ideas or these thoughts or these, or these creativity or whatever, but it is absolutely worthless if the people that you're trying to share it with don't have the tools to use them. So where strategic thinkers struggle is they give all the information, they vomit it in front of other people before those people even know what to do with it. It's like a person coming up to you and saying, hey, I'd like to buy a house. And you're like, oh, great. I got you. Let me show you these amazing blueprints. I've got your whole house mapped out. And I got all the back, the, back, you know, the back doors covered, everything covered. And here's the, here's the blueprint. And you stick it in their face. And like, all right, what do I do with this? <laughs> this is where you, instead of giving them the blueprints, you say, oh, okay, I've got all the blueprints. I've been doing this forever. I know all this stuff. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sell you some tools. Here's a hammer, here's some wood, here's some toilets or whatever. And then when you sell them the tools, then you say, and they say, okay, great, we'll take the tools. And you say, but before you buy the tools, I want you to know I've got all the blueprints right here. And you get all of the blueprints when you buy the tool. (laughs) That's the whole point. Strategic thinkers struggle when they try to do it the opposite way. They try to say, here's all the blueprints and let me overwhelm you with information. Now let me try to sell you something, a tool to use the blueprints. Doesn't work. You gotta give them a little bit, just a little bit. Give them a little bit of the blueprints, give them some of the basics of the blueprints and tell them there's more after they buy the tools. Does that make sense? I hope that helps a lot. I hope you understand why it's so important as a strategic thinker to hold on to that information until it's valuable to a person in front of you with the tools that are required to use that information. Have a wonderful day. Have an awesome episode. I mean, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great week. And I hope you share this show with somebody you know. Who could use this information? (laughs) I'm sure you know a lot of them. Uh, I want you to have a great day, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by LaunchPod Media.